Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Creative Control with Beach Comic. So, I'm continuing with my Halifax Pop Explosion series. Uh, earlier this week, I posted an episode with lights, uh, which the timing was weird because of this whole sordid terrible saga with Gian Gomeshi and uh, these allegations of assault. Uh, as I'm speaking to you hours ago, the Toronto Star published a, uh, a news story in which eight women detail, in lurid detail, shocking detail, their encounters with Gian Gomeshi, and it's, it's awful. If, if any of this is true, and we have, I have, I'm, I think, I think these things happened, I, I just do, then it's awful, and scary and weird and it's I'm reeling from it we're all reeling from it it's strange anyway how did I even get talking about this oh yeah because Lights was on the show and Lights is managed by Gian Gomeshi and she talked about how he discovered her when she was 15 and anyway so I posted that episode that was recorded at the Halifax Pop Explosion and this episode was recorded at the Halifax Pop Explosion this was a live episode of the show essentially there was an audience there and it's me speaking with Ryan Hemsworth and Bad Bad Not Good together in a panel discussion. And it's kind of fun. I think it was. It turned out pretty well. And maybe I wasn't on my game. I tried to take the discussion in interesting directions, and I thought, thought I did. It's okay. There's kind of shy guys. Most of them are kind of shy. So it was like cajoling shy people. But they were funny. When they did speak, they were funny and insightful, and I enjoyed it. And you're going to hear new songs by both... Uh, groups today. Both people. They're not groups. You know what I mean. Bad, bad, not good. You're going to hear the song Velvet uh, by the end of the show. 
Uh, that is a new single they released on the internet not too long ago. So that's a treat. Uh, it's sort of circulating now. And there's a brand new Ryan Hemsworth album coming out very soon. It's called Alone for the First Time. You're going to hear a song called Snow in Newark featuring Don Golden. So that's the episode. It's a bit of a long one, but I hope you enjoy it. Ryan Hemsworth, Bad, Bad, Not Good. And by the way, if you've been following along with the Patreon thing where I'm trying to generate some pledges for the show, we're not doing so hot. A week and a half in, we are at $231.34 per month. We're aiming to at least hit the first milestone of $500 a month. So if you'd like to pledge a dollar or $2 or $4 or $8, go to patreon.com slash creative control and please uh, consider pledging to keep the show going because I got to say right now, it's a little discouraging. Still, trying to do good work like this. Ryan Hemsworth, Bad, Bad, Not Good. Enjoy. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up at the Starlight in Waterloo over the next little while, including their annual Halloween costume party with DJs Surreal, Flash, and Penny. There's also first, second, and third cash prizes for the best costumes. You get in with a costume for five bucks. If you don't wear a costume, it's ten bucks. And that's all happening at night on Friday, October 31st. Then, on Tuesday, November 4th, Mo Kenny and Kim Churchill appear together. And on Wednesday, November 5th, DJ Qbert is in town. That's That all sounds really good. Starlight is located at 47 King Street and is uh, the affiliated Jane Bond, which has been voted one of the best vegetarian restaurants in Canada, by the way, is around the corner at 005 Princess Street. You can visit starlightsocialclub.ca and janebond.ca for more info. Great. What a great time we're having here in Halifax for the pop explosion. Everyone's genuinely excited to be here. It's great. And uh, before we uh, get too much further, I think it'd be nice if each of you on this panel introduce yourself one at a time. Uh, this is the uh, wonderful Ryan Hemsworth, Nova Scotia's very own, on the newspaper, on the airplane. That's right. All over the map, on the ones and twos. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Hemsworth, everybody. <laughs> um, hi, this is Bad Bad Not Good. They're a trio from Toronto. They play kind of jazzy, rocky, rappy music um, and do a lot of Chester played bass on a Drake song. And uh, that's all you need to know, really. <laughs> Excellent. That's a great introduction. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So I want to begin... Uh, Maybe in a weird way, I don't know. If I understand things correctly, all of you initially received attention for your work by posting videos and songs online. That's kind of how things started happening. So I want to know about the first time each of you first encountered the internet. 
I want to know if you remember the year, the circumstance, and what you did the first time you found out about the internet. Because you guys are young, and I'm just curious. You're kind of young, aren't you? I think so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Compared to me. Yeah. Compared to me. So I want to talk about the internet. Can you remember when you first encountered the internet? Do, do you have one first? Definitely dialing up. Uh, my dad was definitely into the internet big time. Uh, I don't even know what the program was called, but you would use your phone line and you would uh, not be able to receive calls at home. And Did you have AOL? No, it started with an N maybe? Netscape or something? Netscape. Or that was a thing. That's yeah. the browser then. No, what I know. I can't remember. That's a long time ago. <laughs> you're trying to get it. You're trying to get at the ISP. Yeah. That's not. I didn't want to go that in depth yeah. necessarily. Oh, um, uh, I got a mic for Ryan here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it started with ICQ. It was like the first oh, yeah, ICQ. thing totally. that I totally started using um, with one friend on it. But that was cool to me. ICQ was like a how did what is it's like a listserv type thing. Or it was like early MSN kind of. Um, yeah, you could chat with people. Yeah, yeah. but I think it, it was prominently used for uh, people in the porn industry, which is an interesting little tidbit. People um, in the porn industry, so they could chat. Yeah, because I think it was like kind of a low key. Like it wasn't. Uh, I mean, it was like off the map or whatever. If people were surveilling the internet i don't know i might just be making this up completely <laughs> i just want to have cool facts you feel like there was some kind of born identity thing happening with the internet and icq like it was kind of super spy stuff yeah i okay. mean you never know you're very paranoid yes. you're, are you generally a paranoid person <laughs> yeah okay always private windows in firefox <laughs> um yeah that was for me so icq is the first thing yeah and like um duke nukem and stuff like that like my I have two older brothers so we got a computer pretty when I was like pretty young and um, I just watched them like play gory video games and eventually did okay. that all right cool what about you guys uh, I kind of remember something now um, oh, maybe it was like when did GoldenEye and 64 come out because or like one of those video games was like an N64 video game and I went on my mom's computer and I printed off like a 200 page full color walkthrough <laughs> <laughs> that also took like forever to download yeah and she was really angry because like ink was like a hundred dollars then you know it was so, like so expensive like <laughs> what year was this I don't know I must I must have been like maybe nine or ten yeah ish yeah okay I don't even know. I I also have an older brother, so <clears throat> that was definitely the catalyst for internet internet stuff. I feel like Napster was the first thing I did on the oh, internet. Okay. What song? <sighs> I I don't know. Probably like Michael Jackson or the Beatles or you know some kid. So kid music stuff. downloading was your first thing, not email, nothing. Maybe I feel like it. I feel like it was. Yeah. Is this a weird question to ask someone when they first use the internet? It's hard to remember. It's quite a while ago. I'm trying to think because I remember it was the n year 1996. Some of you were probably being conceived the first time I went on the internet. And I was in the library of my high school, Mr. Love. He's like, I have this a new thing, the internet. And he just showed it to me, and I really liked it. I like the internet. We love the internet. It's wiped our memory, so it's a weird question in that way because we can't really remember when. Maybe I should have Googled this. Like, Googled when you first tried the internet. It's probably on there, on there somewhere. All right. Now, Ryan, you're known for having a pretty strong, but I've, I've heard strong but casual social media presence. <laughs> That's what I read recently. And I, I was like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, oh, I, I guess I just like, I'm always on my computer and I treat like 
Twitter and Facebook and stuff, like everyone is my friend. So that's casual and strong because <laughs> I'm on it 24-7. You're on it a lot. Yeah. Okay. Basically. Why do you like being online so much? Um, because you can... I think everything that has like worked for me has somehow come through being on the internet all at all times and talking to people and sharing music and trying to, I don't know, make friends and stuff everywhere around the world just through that and then eventually meet them in real life. And yeah. Does it get weird to meet them in real life? Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes, but it's usually pretty cool. It's good. I mean, it depends like what, form of social media you know them through once you meet them like if they're like so if they if you meet them over friendster <laughs> then or grinder or, or grinder you know. yeah 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 then uh, it gets kind of weird yeah but like everyone i've i mean twitter has probably been like the most important thing for me because i've like every rapper i've worked with or um a lot of people i've remixed and stuff has kind of started with just talking with them mm -hmm. over twitter so it's been it's been integral to you. You'd say that this is integral to your success yeah. as a musician. Yeah, totally. Because it's like I find people online. I start talking to them. We exchange songs or stems or whatever, and then I release the song online as well. So it's I mean pretty reliant on it. And are you? Uh, I've heard also, and I don't. We just met like a few minutes ago, but I understand you're kind of a shy fellow. No. Can I call you a a shy gentleman? <laughs> no. No, you're not shy. Can anyone even hear what he just said? <laughs> you're like a soft-spoken shy guy, right? I guess so, yeah. But then you have this very prominent social media personality. Yeah. Well, it's easy to hide behind your computer. So screen. you want to hide, but you also <laughs> like meeting people in person. Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning how to socialize as a normal Through human being. Through the internet. Yeah, it's teaching me, despite what people want to say, the opposite of the internet. People make fun of the condemn the internet for this. Well, yeah, people say it like distorts and ruins our abilities to socialize. But you think it's the opposite? Mm. I, I have a thing where someone will say because someone can say the worst thing ever on like Facebook or something or like do people even use Facebook anymore? What, uh, what's the thing people use? We're all on Elo now. Elo, right? So people will <laughs> no, say a not. thing. <laughs> people will say a thing on Facebook or Twitter, and then you'll see them in real life. And you'll be like, hey, man, that was kind of a weird thing you said. And they'll be like, oh, it was just Facebook. It was just Twitter. So it's like yeah. it doesn't seem real to some people. Yeah, it's true. And I don't understand that because I'm personally offended all the time. Yeah, I'm by all, everyone. I'm offended by anything that's not completely nice that's said about me. So. Yeah, it hurts, right? <laughs> yeah. It does hurt. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that it hurts. <laughs> I'd hate to think that you were some, you know, it, it didn't hurt. What about you guys? Have you had like positive and negatives? Because like... Again, according to lore, you post a thing on YouTube of you guys playing. What were you playing? You played a song on the internet or something, right? Didn't you post a video of like an early performance? Yeah, we uh, we were in school, you know, hanging out, jamming together, and we we jammed on some songs, and then totally impromptu, like recorded a video of them. One of them was an Odd Future. Song, yeah, right? yeah. And uh, and people seem to really like it and check it out. We're super embarrassed by the video now, but it's. It, Why are you embarrassed by it? Uh, I don't know. You know, questionable fashion choices. And, uh, yeah, that's basically the biggest thing. <laughs> like also just how young we look. We just didn't look very fresh. Maybe like our abilities on our instruments were very bad at that point. I don't know. Huh? Yeah. But th this was a cataclysmic thing. You post the thing, it goes nuts. Yeah, we we had no idea. We were just like goofing. 
yeah we just like like odd future and rap music and stuff and right. we're in music school and then yeah just randomly happen <laughs> so are there pros and cons as far as you can see about social media viral music marketing like you guys have to deal with a lot of shit now as a band like you got to be aware of all this stuff constantly it seems is, is there that it must there must be pros and cons i mean i think it's great because you know in the olden days before i was born so i don't really know much about it but like you know it seems like it was really hands-off for the artist like you had like a person in charge of like taking photos of you and your posters and what like people saw and like you know like everything was kind of filtered through like a whole team of people and like big record labels and now it's like you can really just see like oh this is like these goofy guys or this goofy one guy or you know whatever like you know you really get to see the personality and like yeah. you can be in control of it and like let you can decide what people see you know and even though like a album might get a horrible review or just like a bad internet rap like people still might really like it and still appreciate it and can still find other people to chat about it with or, right you know. it creates a little community around something that maybe isn't being embraced by the general public absolutely yeah now you have an interesting dynamic on stage it tends to be alex i think who does every time i've seen you you're like the hype man alex behind the drum kit right some way yeah. <laughs> some way you're always like amping up the crowd you two are pretty quiet how did that dynamic come to be because you you seem like him shy <laughs> right now you seem a little quiet but when you're on stage you're like you're in full command every time i've seen my girlfriend you. makes fun of me a lot for that because you're in pretty <laughs> quiet it's like, my, it's like a persona yeah well i don't know you can't really i don't know i feel like if you go onto a microphone in front of a bunch of people maybe i'm literally doing that right now but and you're kind of just like hey like what's going on you know it might just be like all right sick but if you like yell at them you think yelling at people is the best form of communication? But in a very positive, you know, like, respectable manner, you might be able to obtain some, you know, feedback yeah. or some energy. Yeah. Well, like, God. having met, having <laughs> hung out with you guys a little bit, uh, it seems to me that, Matt, you seem like the most outspoken dude. Me? Yeah. Really? <laughs> now you I seem flummoxed. I wouldn't really say that. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, of the three, like, I, I would say that you seem, you don't think you're the most extroverted guy? I would say Alex, maybe. Then me, then Chester, being okay. the least extroverted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd say Matt's Matt's the smartest, so he has the most to talk about to relate to people, and, you know. Oh wow, the smartest! That must be a burden to bear, to being be, the smartest guy. Yeah, you don't have to be smart to talk on a microphone and people in front of people. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. All right. Well, that's interesting. So, do you, who do you guys handle your own sort of social media stuff? Or does we have a team who does it for us, and they kind of, you know, ask us. You do, don't no, you? No, 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 I'm joking. Yeah, it's all us. Yeah. <laughs> Is it all you? Yeah, it's all us. It's, it's, all, all, it's actually all Alex, basically. You and deal then, with it. And Chester. Yeah. Chester. I, I, I literally, I don't think I've ever <laughs> tweeted about anything. Uh, it, like, scares me. I look at all the, like, people, like, and it's like, holy shit, that's so many people. Like, I get oh, nervous. Oh, yeah. he, he runs his own Twitter, and he was on a big rant about uh, Lenny Kravis last night. What Sorry, was what was the hat? Comedy Twitter. Yeah, it's actually a fake Chester Hansen yes. Twitter account where he talks about. What is it? Tell me the handle. I want to uh, know. It's at Chester Hansen, <laughs> but with a, a E H for the hit. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I just pretend to be Chester. And why are you mad at Lenny Kravitz? I wasn't mad at him. Well, it's because he took my place in the upcoming tour. Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. With what? You would have had to be there. It's over now. Yeah, <laughs> I was like really drunk. You know. Yeah. Oh, okay. It really doesn't translate to the morning. Okay. It was a hashtag crab moment. A crab. <laughs> In terms of discovering new music uh, or music that you love, what role did the internet play for you as music fans? As I said, the most important. I've started this like little label thing called Secret Songs, where I'm literally just putting out 
my friends songs and anybody who i find through soundcloud or whatever um and it's just like it's very overwhelming to try and consume all of music now it's impossible right. and it's really scary but it's also so exciting and at the same time obviously so for me it's just kind of sifting through all of this bullshit on soundcloud and wherever like in my emails and stuff and then just kind of uh finding the gems um which is exciting to me is it kind of like the n new crate digging like is it the the way is that the way you find stuff by just going through everyone's yeah, soundcloud it's crate digging actually it's the thing that we're uh yeah no we like to yeah like to put on 45s on youtube and you know <laughs> pretend you're in the moment there you know <laughs> no but i mean it's a sort of that same idea of hunting for something absolutely but the internet seems so much more vast to me than going to a record store and doing that like do you guys like did you do you remember what how you first sort of encountered music was it tv was it music videos was it napster like how was how did probably you... much music actually yeah, totally. watching like Blink -182. actually i think my like tv to e-web moment was trying to download the batter up video at a friend's house and it was porn so that was the first time i saw porn uh through nelly um, really yeah it was on like i think it was on like morpheus or something like that so yeah okay yeah but otherwise like do you still use it as a tool like are you guys do you go to record stores like what do you do yeah as, as, as much as possible we had a friend actually uh when we were in san francisco playing a show last weekend uh who went to brazil to just like find records for like three months with some of like the heavy record collectors that show like people like madlib and yeah um j-rock and all these guys like crazy collections and he was just playing this all these like original pressings of records and it was just like mind-blowing some of the stuff like some of it's not even on the internet because it's so small or that kind of stuff so um just kind of like a lot of that culture and just you know trying to find amazing music from now and then and everything is kind of just a current passion and hobby yeah but <laughs> yes <laughs> So it, in some ways, not much has changed. Like you're you're using whatever's out there, and it's this, I mean, is all of this influencing the way you produce and make music? Like, still? Totally. I would. Did you have something to say? No, we were probably. Uh, yeah, I think like a lot of it is just like the feeling and vibe, especially when you play an instrument. To hear like a whole other culture of music, like Brazil, we've really been getting into, and there's like you know, a whole tradition and stuff that when you like, you hear all these records and like all these different styles, it's like, whoa, like that's a whole way to play. I never even thought about you now. So, and then, yeah. And then like, you know, the engineering and like how hard they hit the tape, what mic do they use? You know, what the liner notes say? Like, I don't know. So that, that tangibility that like actually reading about the record, it doesn't matter if it's like an actual record or just like a, you know, you get on like what dot CD or whatever, or if, I don't know, but like, yeah, an MP3 or flack, but <laughs> Yeah. Any other Just formats you want to plug? Yeah. I know. AIF, Aug, Vorbis. It's a classic. Yeah. Aug, Vorbis. <laughs> Aug's great. That was like way back. Uh, it might be like MP3, maybe worse. <laughs> it's just a funny name. It's a funny name. Okay. It's like dot Aug. Dot Aug? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know this one. Yeah. But this was like the original internet like format. I feel you like. You know what? I have heard of that thing now that I think about it. It's, uh, I'm old. If you go to the I'm website, I'm pretty sure it's like a little I fish is it the now. logo. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like yeah. literally. I think I can picture it now. All right, there you go. Now, you guys are all operating in kind of genre twilight zones in some way. Your influences are kind of all over the place. and um, But it does seem to me that between you, hip-hop 
is common ground is hip hop something that uh, why is that why does hip hop resonate with you um i don't really know uh, it's maybe literally like my ears being used to listening to music on computers and electronic sounds and uh also really liking people yelling aggressively <laughs> on the mic and stuff i don't know it's a combination of those factors okay so you, listening to music on computers how is that connected to hip-hop necessarily like uh music made on computers i mean i guess oh, and machines. yeah so electronic music but it's like rap is uh rappers and producers mainly like use programs that i've been using we use like it's stuff that's accessible so it sounds familiar to me maybe okay i don't know no that's fair that's fair and i mean this maybe goes back to how I've led all this off in terms of like how we consume music nowadays. Because it does seem like the music you're making might be a reflection of how you're consuming music and how we all kind of consume music, where it, you're getting so much and then you guys are kind of filtering it, putting it out, and it kind of sounds like a little bit of everything. Is that where you guys are coming from? Yeah, totally. Uh, definitely. I mean, <coughs> I g it's kind of impossible unless you're really trying hard. Um, it's impossible to not know about basically every genre of music and every song that's coming out at all times if you even open a single blog or like music website or anything so i guess even if you're unconsciously doing it everyone's influenced by everything yeah okay and uh, you guys kind of know each other right you guys are pals for real <laughs> I, I hate them <laughs> You guys embraced backstage. Well, I'm just I angry because I got really drunk at <laughs> FY and drank all his yeah, beers. I'm Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. <laughs> You're <Lenny> <laughs> <laughs> you were telling a story last night about how you may have invaded Ryan's Yeah, I felt really bad space. about that like, at FYI when you had that rider and we were like just hanging on. No. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I love you guys. All right, I love you too. Always. Yeah. You're invited into my bubble at all times. I told him that multiple times that I thought it was okay. Yeah. Okay. You're a nice guy. Is it okay that you're, you're saying it's fine that he drank all your beer and stuff? I want to talk a little bit about, <laughs> you shouldn't be drinking them either. <laughs> He's maybe doing you a favor, actually. Let's talk a little bit about Bad Bad Not Good and, and how you guys actually got together. I've read a whole bunch of stuff, but um, can you talk a little bit about how this band came together? I had this idea in 03 that, uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> it was all Alex's idea, actually. Yeah. Really? Yeah, no. Yeah. We all just met in music school. Um, uh, this saxophone player asked me and Chester randomly to play on something. I, I didn't know him at the time, and he was wearing Nikes, so I was like, yo, sick shoes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, a lot of people were wearing boat shoes at the time, so I was kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. Um, boat shoes and fedoras, is that a look? <laughs> Oh, you were at the it's jazz the fashion school. of 2016. Did you know each other? Like, you didn't grow up together or anything. You met at school? No. Yeah, completely met I at school. Grew up right beside <laughs> like, we didn't know each other. Yeah. yeah. Where did you? Where are you from? Like, like, and we grew up in Mississauga. <laughs> Matt grew up in uh, Port Credit, and I was in like a Clarkson area. So, okay. You know, he's at this plaza over here, and I had this plaza. Over so here. suburb of Toronto. Yeah. Okay. Um, Great Indian food, by the way. Mm -hmm. The best Indian food this side of India. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so definitely. you so you met at Humber? Yeah, just okay. like in the hall, well, like through a couple projects, and, and then the hallways. Hall, then we had a class, yeah. and then uh, Your training. <laughs> and then I like overheard you talking about like MF Doom one day, and I was like, oh shit, 
And we found out we went to the same MF Doom concert. Absolutely. Was it at the Cool House? Yes, yes. It was, it was, it was supposed most to be most. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he actually got there right when it opened, didn't you? Yeah, I want to see most deaf too, and I didn't realize most, most deaf, deaf didn't canceled. make it. So I was at that show. I heard house. I heard like just the house music right. and the lights on for like four hours. <laughs> that was terrible. I was at that show. Yeah. I didn't give it. A, I had to review it, and I didn't give it a good review. And then there was like a doom. That was the time where there was always like a doom impersonator. Yeah. And there but was. He came out though. He did, but there it was, was pretty epic. But it, why was he doing that? Wait a minute. Didn't you work with Doom recently? Can you talk about this? Yeah, uh, we have worked with Doom. <laughs> you have worked with Doom before. Yes. And was it really him? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. His voice. His voice is. Uh, his voice is pretty distinctive for sure. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's weird. We were all at the same show. Oh, there we go. It's crazy. Yeah. Is, isn't it crazy? Yeah. Anyway, luckily we didn't have to review it. Yeah. It was we got bad. to enjoy I it. Got some flack for my review, but everyone. Even last night, so you guys played an awesome show last night. Um, did anyone catch these guys last night? It's great. That was Chester Hansen on the bass, by the way. So you guys, that's right, you were really shouting out Chester last night. I noticed that. He's the best one in the band. <laughs> You're pretty great, Chester. <laughs> yeah. But so what I was going to say is uh, you guys were on just after 8 p.m., which is when you were scheduled to play. <laughs> right? Yeah, eight, around eight, then. Eight, yeah. eight fifteen, yeah. something like that. Like five minutes late, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, it was supposed to be Ray Quan at nine, and then Ghostface, Ghostface at, at 10. ten, and nothing happened until around ten forty-five. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. We were on jazz time; they were on hip hop time. So it, the worlds don't. Is that a thing? Right. That's what people, everyone backstage was saying. They're like, oh, you know, hip hop time or whatever. Or Why? Like, you guys love hip hop. You go to shows. I go to shows. Why are they so frustrating? I don't mean to generalize. Particularly when we go in Toronto, it's weird. Like nothing starts on time. It's hard to make shows sound good. Um, I find hip hop shows in particular. Do you agree with this? Like, do you find this? Yeah, it, ha it definitely happens. <laughs> and do you have a sense now that you've been more immersed in this world as to why? I don't know. We've been to shows like when we played with Freddie Gibbs in Australia a couple times. Like it w everything was super on time. Like yeah, I think it's just like I don't know, you know. I'm not I'm again. You can't artist. really. I don't mean to generalize, but in Toronto, it's a thing. You, I mean, obviously, if someone coined the phrase "hip hop time," that must mean something, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't understand it, and I find it very frustrating as someone who loves hip hop. Uh, you know, dragging my ass to the show and just standing there, as you say, sometimes for three, four hours. Last night, everyone stood around for an hour and forty-five minutes, wondering what the hell was going on. For some reason, because I was. I happened to be backstage last night. It didn't bother me as much because I was hanging out and talking to you guys and some other people. But I can see that being super frustrating. Mm -hmm. And it's I don't know. That we don't and you guys do. were also in a weird spot because you were ghost sprung on you a collaboration, basically, right? Yeah. Well, what do you mean, like that night? What wasn't it, or it was? Well, we there, we really had no idea <laughs> if it was going to happen or not. And then the day before, <clears throat> our friend Frank Dukes called us and was like, "Yo, Ghost is down to play." So we were like, uh, okay, we can basically only play the songs that we already knew, like, off by heart. We didn't have a guitar, like... like all of Cuban Links and Iron Man. Or no, Supreme Clientele, yeah, yeah. Maybe entire albums. He showed album. up and said, hey, can you guys just play my entire no, two no, no, records? No, no, like, this was the day before, so... The day before, oh, 24 least, hours okay, notice. 24 yeah. hours notice, that's, yeah. that's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, he came up and he's like, yo, what do you guys want to do? And uh, so we told him the songs that we knew, and he's like all right, I'll fit it in. And then you fit it in. It was amazing. <laughs> it was great. Like when it actually jumped off, it was great, but it also felt, 
I don't know. I was just brought back to my shaking my head at the whole hip hop thing, and I don't understand. And I don't want to denigrate the whole genre. For sure. But it does seem to happen a lot, and I never know why. I mean, f- can we give people any insight as to what was going on backstage? Because they basically showed up, and then they just didn't go on stage, right? I mean, I mean, they were, you know, they were relaxing, getting into the vibe of things. They had come off a plane. They were tired. Like, mm. I don't know. I, f- I feel like with guys like that, they've been doing this for, like, 20 years. So you know they're going to kill it once they get on stage. Yeah. Or at least m- most of the time they do, and they killed it last night, so. Okay. I mean, I it agree. Was so high energy. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, like, it was screaming. <laughs> it would get, like, shivers. Like, it was incredible. <laughs> Spinning in circles. Did that thing where they got people up on stage to fill in for missing Wu-Tang? People that... Is that are, <laughs> the one, the last guy, the guy who did dirt and then everybody else, basically, that guy was amazing. Yeah, he's the only guy who actually was going through the system. Everyone was just like... <laughs> well, it's... Fr- no one yeah, can hear what you, yeah. Yeah, sick. yeah, it was it was pretty great. Um back to uh how you guys met. Were you part of any particular music scenes growing up? Um before you met at Humber? Like were you playing in hardcore jazz <laughs> scenes or anything? <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Were you for real? Were you playing ska music? I wasn't directly. I was in a fusion a fusion blend. Yeah. I was in a What is a fusion ska? sound like i mean it wasn't it, it wasn't as it wasn't even really sky we had like a right we had a, we had a steel pan player so that's where i felt it was pretty hey he was from trinidad and he was fucking incredible so it was like actually pretty authentic oh, okay. to do something like that so it was cool Chester. i wasn't trying to do a sublime tribute Chester or anything yeah I, you know i was in a 10-piece ska band we had the horn section we had uh you know it was good really <laughs> i played key organ keys <laughs> Casio keyboard, organ actually. Organ and keys. Yeah. There's a thing about the Burbs in Toronto, like Mississauga, Brampton, where people, uh, for some reason, like I grew up playing in hardcore kind of punk bands, and we'd always play these, like the Lodge. The, there's like this weird, the YMCA would have shows. Um, the YMCA didn't put on the shows. They would rent out the space. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there seemed to be this huge sort of underground punk thing happening. Did you guys, were you touched by that in any I, way? I'm actually from Ottawa, but oh. I don't know if these guys... My cousin played drums in like a a punk band, so I would actually go with like my uncle and in their like truck and just like go watch like these bands and stuff and like in convention centers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More places like this almost, and uh, yeah, it was. I don't know why that had happened, but it, it seemed cool. to happen and, like, a lot in those and stuff like that. Yeah, and then I think there was for some reason as well, like also a big like ska movement. Like lots of bands would come through and do like. My sister would listen to it a lot, so uh, there was like Ska's Dead or something was like a big tour that would come every year and have like Planet Smashers and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, so what kind of, wh- wh- how old were you when you were experiencing this? I must have been like I don't know, like 12, 12. Maybe, 13? Wow. Yeah. So what kind of? Well, I was usually just listening to whatever my sister was listening to at that time. So it was like, if she was into Ska, that's probably what I was hearing. You know, she right. was into Spice Girls. I was definitely into Spice Girls. But the, you know, you were definitely into Spice Girls. Is that something you want to put out there? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Like you said, Hanson definitely again. And <laughs> Backstreet. Actually, sometimes I'll even to this day listen to some good Backstreet Boys songs. Like some of those beats are pretty hard. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I didn't know well, that the was the sound a of it's cool. The sound of it's amazing. Yeah, the production was probably 2000s. good. I don't really know many of the songs. Do you know any Backstreet Boys songs? No. Okay. Glad I reached over to you there and uh, asked that question. Um, so, but I, I wonder, like, going from listening to the Backstreet Boys and Spice Girls in particular to actually going to see bands live, what kind of impact did that have on you? 
Uh, I don't know. Well, my cousin played drums. I had another cousin who played drums and a neighbor who played drums. So all I wanted to really do was play drums. And then I guess through like, you know, practicing instrument and like, you know, listening to songs and buying like VHS instructional tapes and that kind of stuff. And then eventually like figuring out, oh, maybe like I want to listen to not music my sister's listening to right. or whatever. So um, then through there, you kind of like, you know, <laughs> listening to like to music just to listen to the drums most of the time. Like Blink-182. Blink-182 seems big for you. Was yeah. that a big, they were a big deal for all of you? You're all nodding your heads. Uh, oh, definitely. Yo, I, we hear some new progressions in the uh, new album, yo. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize, I, I've heard this from I kind of dismissed them as a pop punk band. Mall punk. Is that I a thing? That's like important to us, though. Or like our generation, like the pop punk stuff is, I don't know why, it just speaks to us. And emo music like right now is just really hitting hard. I don't know. <laughs> I still listen to Blink with you all the time, and okay. like it's so much enjoyment out of it. Like, so Same. cathartic. Yeah. Interesting. They have eight awaits on their albums too, which is that's crazy. right. I never noticed till I actually like listened to a car, yeah, and there's a on the self-titled is like they actually <laughs> made an album. Yeah, it's which is crazy. You know, I never even realized there's like synths and like crazy autotune stacks and, and like, like reverse CD skips and, and like yeah. yeah, like beats. Yeah, <laughs> fake CD skips. <laughs> <laughs> so these blank 182 is a huge influence for you guys yeah definitely not the same way now like in terms of like just listening to the album for like production and nostalgia yeah. reasons it's but emo, like you know what i mean like we yeah so much as a kid yeah okay the Matt, hottest drummer in the world man Tra he's he's a good drummer the yeah, travis exactly. dude who's yeah. the original guy some guy uh, scott something i don't remember but travis name. is your guy yeah, yeah. was yeah. he a, like in terms of drumming influences was he the guy yeah I was definitely big on Travis Barker and then like you know you start listening to like funk music and like music school and jazz camp and stuff and then you learn about like Steve Gadd and like Tony Williams and drummers and then all that kind of stuff okay cool. Questlove and then you know Chris Dave and then he keeps going from there kind of stuff okay uh, Matt I just want to ask you kind of the same background question because you, so you're you're from Mississauga yep, as well also Mississauga and that punk scene stuff I actually like didn't really see many shows until I was like 16 I think yeah and then by then I was like listening to a lot of like I don't know like Godspeed you Black Emperor and stuff like that I don't know like or like I saw like Dinosaur Jr. and, and Silver Mount Zion I think those were like my first shows and then like at Lee's uh actually both at Lee's yeah, yeah. and then I probably I was probably at those shows <laughs> damn whoa we're always at the same freaky shows. yeah 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 <laughs> just like yeah like jesus lizard and scratch acid and nice so yeah i just saw like a bunch of loud stuff and then like i never really and they didn't really play many shows also in high school like i wasn't really in a band in high school you you and just then, mentioned your primary instrument in this band is keys mm -hmm. you mentioned a bunch of bands that don't have any keys i just that's interesting to me that you yeah and it's just the music i liked i, I yeah. didn't really practice piano very much when i was in high school is piano yeah. your first instrument i uh, was drums well piano i guess and then drums i was like auditioning for school for drums Oh, so I was practicing drums at Humber. Most. Yeah. Oh, so at you Humber and UFT, and then I auditioned for piano the second time. Oh, so, so you both you met at the school and you were both doing drums. I wasn't at Humber for drums. Oh, sorry. I auditioned one time for drums, and I auditioned and UFT, and then I auditioned for piano, and I got it for piano. So because okay. I sucked at drums, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's great. Um, Ryan, I want to ask you. Uh, well, first of all, you're from Halifax, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's that's good. Uh, what, did you so. still live here? <laughs> no. Sure, how about a... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, we, we were in desperate need of an applause break, so that yeah. was that was good. Um, no, do you still live here? No, I live in Toronto now. You live Sorry. in Toronto. That's fine. Do you... 
Are you do you, are you mad at Halifax? Is that why you left, or there's the no, industry we're stuff? cool. No, yeah, it was just really like I started playing shows everywhere except Halifax, and there was nothing much for me to do in Halifax. To You're grow. gonna get booed again. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I, people, you guys are kind of, if you're from Halifax, you're kind of used to people leaving, right? <laughs> Sorry, that came That's out so terribly. <laughs> it's a lovely city, yeah. but... These are the only people left in Halifax. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is the whole town of Halifax is <laughs> right before us. Uh, what was your upbringing here like, though? Um, pretty, like, normal, I guess. I uh, went to QEH and then Citadel and then King's for college and... Uh, I started playing guitar when I was 13 and then picked up drums, sort of. And Similarly, an older sibling got you into music, right? Yeah, well, I have two older brothers. Um, they don't, like, play music or anything, but I just kind of stole their CDs whenever I could. And uh, it was mainly my older cousin who, like, was in a band and stuff and really, like, looked up to him. So just trying to copy everything he did. You're trying to copy... I did the same thing. My older cousin got me into the Beatles when I was four. Mm. And also uh, Love and Rockets. Do you guys remember Love and Rockets? Doesn't matter. It's fine. <laughs> I Oh, and uh, have you heard of uh, U2? They, they liked, uh, he liked U2, so I listened I to I think U2. I have them on my iTunes. Yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> yeah U2 might be on your iTunes uh, <laughs> if you haven't uh, gone to that uh, delete site or whatever it is. Um, did the city's music history here have any impact on you? Um, I think it, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was really into, like, when I was here, um, Dog Day and Super Fantastics and bands like that. But, like, making music, I was, I very, I think, quickly moved away from trying to make rock and stuff to producing everything on my laptop, which, once you enter that realm, there's not as much uh, here to offer in the scene. The, you didn't feel like you were part of a electronic music community? Uh, not so much. I mean, not that I really like seeked it out. I really just like went to school, came home, recorded music all day, and then like repeated that until okay. I moved away. Was much. it? Um, did you get away from rock in general? I mean, these guys are a band. I mean, sometimes when you explore rock, you need to have a group of people around you to make it work. You chose mm -hmm. something more solitary. Mm -hmm. Is that? Um, yeah, I I don't know what it was. I mean, I tried like playing some shows like uh playing guitar and stuff i think if there's like two people who were you there used to see him play guitar yeah and it was like not very good i can say that <laughs> was it good it was I've terrible <laughs> was it really bad they're gonna test to it i mean basically like you when i was a heckler in the audience yeah i know <laughs> um you know that guy yeah okay it's okay i'll beat him up after <laughs> um i started like for shows like trying to I guess kind of do maybe a bit of like what Richard Coyne was doing initially mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. like literally pressing play on my laptop uh, having multi-layered uh, like lots of going, stuff going on and yeah, yeah. playing guitar and singing Aaliyah covers and stuff Aaliyah made probably not a lot of sense at, at the time but I think I was still figuring out exactly what I was trying to do are you com more comfortable in, in nonsense in a place that doesn't really make sense? I think so, maybe, yeah. yeah. I think, um, as you were saying, the way we've, like for me personally, the way I've consumed music, I've just literally been, had a phase of interest in every type of music yeah. at some point. So I think in my mind, whatever I create is just this accumulation of 
all this shit that I've listened to and enjoyed at some point. And you like that that collage aspect. So it's interesting. You are making music on your own, but it's potentially busier than any music you could make in a band. Like a band, unless you had 50 people in your band, you wouldn't have all those, you know. Yeah, yeah I guess tones. so. Yeah, like the tracks that I make, um, the project files are have a lot of layers and it's a lot of different samples and different instruments and stuff. Um, I think I kind of maybe overcompensate because it is me by myself and mm -hmm. I'm just working on it on headphones and stuff. So um, there's a bit of that, I guess. And also just because I'm like, I guess a pretty quiet person, whatever. It's it's just a release in creating music and making loud club music or whatever I make. Yeah, yeah. Now you guys each had, I think, fairly formative academic experiences. Like I get, I gather that for bad, bad, not good, it didn't work out quite so well being at Humber. Like this is again, I've never spoken to you about this. I just you read stuff, you hear stuff. School wasn't really good for you necessarily, right? Uh, I, w I wouldn't say it wasn't good for us. I would say that, like, we kind of, <clears throat> after we started playing together and people, like, for whatever reason, ended up checking out our stuff online, we just, like, started, you know, getting more and more, like, disillusioned with what we were being taught and, like, just wanted to kind of do our own thing. And What kinds of things were you being taught? Uh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I try to I have this air quotes inflection thing I'm working on um, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's cool. Um, well, we went to like a jazz school So obviously jazz has like a rich history and like vocabulary and stuff So you're learning like all the standards the great American songbook, you know, the real book and, um, and like how legends from the 40s 50s 60s, whatever would play all these songs but uh, somehow it ends up more being about what the like how the teacher would play the song rather than like just kind of learning from all these legends and like combining everything into its own thing it's more like subjective than objective I guess I don't know absolutely right that's it that's all you no, you no. grab the mic yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no um, <laughs> yeah I don't know it's funny because I, I went to the school for two years, like full, I guess, and I met these guys in second year. So I was the only one, I did the most of the program, I guess. And the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, in the first years of the program, it's like, um, you do like all, like all the theory, ear training, um, yeah. history kind of stuff. And then by like third and fourth year, you can either go into like more, um, uh, like performance stuff or like, I guess production stuff. Oh no, sorry, it's like arrangement yeah. or I don't know. It's arranging or production basically sure. of the like and then also in third year that's when you can start playing your own music like to the teachers to performance and like get judged on, upon and stuff like that. So by the end of second year, um we like literally just posted that video or whatever and then we were kind of just like, well, like, you know, you're spending all this time practicing and learning all these things and learning these ideas and had a solo on this song based on this person's idea, based on this teacher's, you know, little. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Technique or something and you're not like really figuring out anything for yourself you know um and you're just kind of you don't like and the other biggest thing i think that was just kind of like a whole revelation to us is like you don't even write music Hmm. like you might have a you might have an assignment that's like oh reharmonize this or something and then you're like okay cool and you're like doing it but then it just like (laughs) then it just gets graded and you're like okay cool and you don't like write your own song or you're being measured against uh, a perception of what is correct like a correct version of a song for sure and there's definitely like some teachers in in the in the program that uh you know were pretty fair with like ideas and stuff and like would make it clear that like you know this is just what i think on it or whatever but then a lot of the time it was just like no like that sounded wrong or like you do a performance in like a ensemble that you would get placed into so i had like a vocal one with like five vocalists which was really crazy sometimes um and then, like, you know, <laughs> the comments would be like, I didn't like the open hi-hat section. Uh, it, was, uh, it was too messy and loud the whole time. But it was just like, okay, cool, you know. Mm. But was, what about the six vocalists, you know? I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't know. It well, just, it's just an interesting, interesting world of just, like, everyone being there, stoked to learn, stoked to figure out things, meet people, and play music. But then you're always kind of being overshadowed by, like, what is wrong, right is right, what is wrong. Yeah. And not even a lot of, like, your own choices amongst, like, what you're going to play or like you know how you're gonna you know do things or that kind of stuff so the way this is played out in the media though is it suggests that you guys have like an adversarial relationship with humber like chester when i asked this question you were like i wouldn't necessarily say it was a negative experience has this been blown out of proportion your whole like because it became like bad bad not good in the middle hip-hop versus jazz <laughs> which was weird like in on t- in like now like now magazine did a piece and it caused a lot of problems or discussion yeah. and then su- subsequently this is all people talk about is like these guys are fighting against jazz no absolutely not i mean i think like the stuff we learned in music school was like we use every day literally you know even if we're just like producing a beat we'll probably be really nerdy about it and be like oh what a flat nine here you know like do this like yeah yeah but, um, you guys are you are nerds <laughs> Right? Like, at the end of the day. I was just going to say that at the time, I think, of, like, when we did the first, like, now thing or whatever, it was just kind of, like, we were super fed up with just, like, school. And the whole video that we put online was, like, a project that I had to play for, like, drum teachers and at the end of the year. And, like, they had no idea, like, who Gucci Mane is or what Our Future was and stuff like that. So, and we were just stoked to play on it. It was fun. It was, like, felt, like, fresh and exciting. And, like, that didn't even translate at all. They're just, like, what is this, like, two-note song? Like, that's piano solo suck. Like, drums is, like, what are you doing? Like, that kind of thing. So we're just, like, well, you know, like, we had a great time doing that. And we put it online and we saw, like, people were, like, whoa, this is cool. And for us, just being, like, you know, friends and just kind of, like, figuring out who the hell we were and what we were kind of doing, we're, like, well, maybe we should, like, you know, kind of move towards just trying our own ideas and stuff like that and then to, like, you know, have the two worlds kind of completely 
separate you're kind of just like well fuck that but don't they see the wouldn't they see the through line between like jazz and hip-hop like every notable hip-hop record of the last 20 years is sampling no definitely but key jazz players the thing is definitely a music school is like you know because they're the professionals on the scene doing like the shows and stuff like that and like you know touring they don't really give you any credit as if like you might be able to do something like really great and stuff like that original yeah you know like they encourage you and stuff like that but then at the end of the day it's they're the competition as well so it's kind of this weird like thing and i feel like maybe because you know we got like youtube hits or something like that like i don't know if it was like jealousy or something and then we just were like you know we had comments about hating the school and getting frustrated with assignments and that kind of stuff and then which made it into the now yeah blender of yeah and context with the now piece too i think right before that we got that really rude email from your old drum teacher oh yeah yeah there was like there was like 150 comment like facebook thread on so we none of us had like this particular teacher on like our on our facebook my, but my fr- my roommate at the time was like yo did you see this like and it was all these teachers just like i don't know wh- it was a place in time but they were just like talking about us and it was like kinda, what what were they saying weird like pretty rude things. yeah <laughs> just like you know just comparing us to like like 70 year old jazz legends and being like these guys can't play and like i don't know we weren't trying to we weren't trying to say we were anything that we weren't it was just yeah it's weird so that basically happened like a couple days before that now interview so it was kind of just like you know holds bar it was definitely before i think yeah and then after the now interview one of the teachers gave a whole class on on like why we suck basically yeah literally yeah wow it was it was in music history yeah holy cow so there's there's a whole bunch of reasons but you know we don't really hold any grudges about it because it's just like ridiculous to us like that's like the craziest thing i've ever heard you know like yeah at the time too i think we were all actually like pretty hurt on some of the things we're like well like okay yeah we understand we said some things we're like come on we're not like trying to like wreck anyone else's was it primarily the faculty were your fellow students also resentful I mean, people we were friends with, we were still still remain friends with, you know. But yeah, definitely, probably like a lot of students probably agreed as well because if you have different kind of like you know ideals on like performing and stuff, and like you know you see someone else doing something maybe of similar you know caliber or something like that, you're probably like, oh whatever, fuck those guys. <laughs> so yeah, you get a it whole seems world really of, weird. I was honestly kind of forgot about all this. Yeah, <laughs> I know, <laughs> and I'm sorry. Uh, on some level I didn't really want to bring that aspect up but I just it does seem to come up all the time no it's you know it's a it's an experience for sure it's all and I've only it's all hearsay like I've heard now like I read the now piece I read a bunch of stuff but I just never because okay here's the other side of it do you consider yourselves cocky because I think that's part of it too that you guys some people think you're you're a little cocky not Chester you (laughs) too (laughs) no I mean I don't try to say like anything about my ability i try to just be you know what i know what i can do and i like what i can do and i try to work on it and you know improve but i think it's just more like i have a kind of confident level based on how i can perform with these gentlemen Mm -hmm. and uh that i don't try to put any balls to the equation more so than just what i'm capable of or what i enjoy doing i think the thing is they go out on a whim and they're coming from jazz music and that school and everything which is kind of built on not really allowing this crazy improvisation and like it's this is weird to me because the jazz i know and love is improvised music like it's the most free thing you could do and it it encompasses every kind of musical genre the same way the same thing you guys are doing essentially to me would be considered like the contemporary jazz the way jazz should be 
Mm. But I don't know that people... But it's people loving old music in a certain time and not wanting new kids to fuck it up and do different shit. But also to clarify, you guys love that old stuff. Some of it anyway, right? Like some of the people, like Bill, like you like the Yeah, absolutely. Regard. I think we only listen to old jazz music. I mean, we listen to a lot of other music, but we definitely listen to a lot of jazz. And like, I would say it kind of caps off around like 73, maybe. I don't know. Like, mm. unless it's like some like, you know, yeah, basically then. Yeah, I think there's like a few pretty solid, you know, uh, that's true. Yeah, there's actually like a lot of solid modern jazz too, but like just in our personal taste, like it's kind of all you need, you know, at least when you're like learning the history and stuff. And sometimes with like modern jazz, it's almost like, I don't know, I'm just trying to think, uh, you know, like I don't know if anyone who's listened to modern jazz, like a lot of like the New York jazz, but it's like, it's really, really technical, but it's not like avant-garde. It's not pushing- Are you talking like VJIR or- uh, I think VJIR is pretty cool. More so, I don't want to show any names. Okay, sorry. Maybe like Ari Honig, maybe. <laughs> sorry. But um, yeah, VJIR is pretty cool. But uh, I mean, even him sometimes, like it's really technical, but it's not like pushing the boundary of music like an avant-garde music would. It's just pushing the boundary of like, how fast can this person play notes? How many modulations can you throw in this? Oh, look, they're playing in seven, then 13. It's like, it's technically hard, but it's not musically advancing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. And sometimes you just don't feel like it's like they're actually going for something and like they might fuck it up. It's like feels like discomfort, you know, like they do that and they do the clinic that day and that school and they go play a show at the club that night and it's what they taught. You see it live and they, yeah, they yeah. nail it, you know, you don't kind of like have a sense of like, oh shit, like what's going to happen here sometimes. But I don't is know. there room for you guys write compositions? Is there room for improvisation in what you're doing? Tons. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we improvise every show and not like you know obviously like there's songs you know but like all the solos and like even like the parts sometimes you know i think that's why like sometimes when the jazz people like the jazz people i don't know like jazz jazz heads see our shows and they kind of like especially they play instrument they kind of have a lot of negative criticism because you know every time we play we kind of try to play really on the edge of our ability and also sobriety because we might be kind of drunk and like really into it and just like really high energy and stuff and you know it's like we're not like playing it safe because we could every night play like way slower or way simpler or like improvise like all the cliches we learn in school that we've rehearsed like a hundred times you know yeah. but instead we're just like ah like you know do 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 whatever the hell you play you know like yeah and just like it's crazy and we fuck up all the time yeah like make so many mistakes and normally when we finish a show it's like we've I would like rarely finish a show and been like that was so good like we were like <laughs> Like oh man, like we made, like messed up so much, like but it's all good. And then so. all your Humber teachers are in the audience uploading your mistakes to YouTube. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Those guys sound like dicks. Yeah, um, I mean not to like go overboard on this topic, but like it, it's just so sweet when you listen to like an old old jazz record or or a new jazz record, like, um, and just hear someone really like go for it and kill it and like play really loud like the drums are distorting the whole song and like you know it, it sounds like they're on heroin or something crazy and it, it just ha has so much vibe and heroin or something crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some, something else crazy yeah like meth or i don't know okay um but like even even like new guys too this this isn't only old jazz but like unfortunately it tends to mostly be old records that have that feeling yeah sometimes the production sounds are just kind of like a little bit more in I don't know like vibey in terms of just like having a couple mics on instruments and them all just being in the same room yeah yeah instead of now where it's like you know everything's like a million mics and like close mic'd and it's digital and it like you know feels really flat and lifeless kind of thing so sometimes there's like that kind of 
our shift to listen to all the older stuff as well. Right. I actually thought of a good example while everyone was talking. One time, actually, there was this drummer in the the program who's the world's fastest drummer, like the Guinness. Like the Guinness uh, yeah. And so he was in we the program. Doing this, yeah. We were doing this. Song I've seen where, that guy on YouTube. Yeah, I watch that. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, shout out Tom Grosset. Um, he was doing like a drum solo of just the song we've been playing probably for like 25 minutes. Everyone takes a solo and the teacher like judges you or whatever, basically just like this the whole time. And uh, then he just goes for like two minutes and just plays the fastest drumming in the world on just the hi-hats. And it was like incredible. It was so <laughs> sick. And I was just like, oh, fuck. And like he got a, he like failed the, cl- like failed right. that assignment. <laughs> but it was like, but it was like, I don't know. It was just his choice to just go for something instead of just and just having fun and then like you know that was an exception. Seems to be anti-fun. It seems to be anti. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Innovation it's almost. Weird. Yeah. yeah, we have neglected Shy Ryan for quite some time here. Sorry. And I Sorry. feel no, no, it's not. No, no, it's fine. This is going to be a, a balancing act for you. You, you want to take that mic? It's going to be a bit of a balancing act, right? We got two two people up here. You went to journalism school here. Yeah. And Kings. How was that? Pretty cool. What did you want to? <laughs> this is why you've been neglecting yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> why haven't we been talking to Ryan? <laughs> no. Um, it was good. It was uh, finishing high school and really wanted to focus on music, but didn't want to study music with fear of exactly what they've yeah. been explaining, basically. Orthodoxy, basically, like that fear mm. of like this is how ruining you... music. Yeah. 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 Um, so I also like writing and thought journalism I could write about music yep. um, and not make money off it so that sounds yeah, really welcome awesome. to my world <laughs> so, yeah uh, so I did that yeah and and did you have a so did you your objective was to be a music writer ultimately because um, you're interested in music it it was sort of like hopefully the music thing starts working, working. more so and yeah. then I can kind of uh, get out of here <laughs> so this experience in a roundabout way can probably impact how you deal with the music industry like going into journalism knowing the ins and outs Mm. of how things work did that impact how you operate as a musician um a little bit it helped how i spoke with people and reached out to people i think uh just with i mean once i started like getting a bit of traction i guess it was through remixes and um and stuff like that which is in whatever way you get an acapella or something from an artist and a stem or something usually yeah. you have to bug that artist um or try to be friends with them and get in cool with them somehow um so a lot of that was just like a lot of yeah cold emails and so they saying cold emails or you can send cold emails <laughs> yeah whatever i um, hate you sincerely <laughs> ryan um yeah so you were just sending so you're saying that this experience just enabled you to talk to people yeah, just trying to get what you wanted out of other people a little bit. So basically, you went into some kind of program that taught you how to manipulate everybody. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, in a you know how to use people a little in a way that benefits both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what you're saying. In the yeah. way Kanye West uses people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, know. interesting. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting and but you did post when you wrote to people who were the first people that really respond to your music in terms mm. of journalists or, oh, or, writers or outlets or, or, yeah. um, it was just all blogs initially just like dudes like me who uh, were trying to find a lot of stuff on the internet so like random ones just like 
one called get off the coast was like the first blog that i remember like seeing my name and my picture up on and i was like holy shit this person is from i think like west coast america somewhere and i was just like someone in america is listening to my music um how can i make that happen more so yeah. just continuing to put music on myspace and sending them to every blogger that i could find go on every site find their email try to be a normal like come across as a normal person which is like really hard sometimes when you're emailing people out of nowhere and like hey listen to my music it's really yeah, yeah, awesome yeah. i swear like a, yeah 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 i think you're pushing it huh. yeah okay these guys come from this place of orthodoxy or fighting against orthodoxy in terms of genres. Um, and even within, you know, you're being embraced by hip hop, but there are probably some hip hop people like that's not hip hop. The same way you've dealt with jazz teachers are like, that's not jazz. Mm. Ryan, do you have, have you had a similar uh, issue with people who are aficionados of electronic music? Um, I think for me, my main issue maybe has been like, I, I'm, I embrace guilty pleasures and I don't want to draw any kind of line in between what's right to use for take stuff from other people's songs and maybe that is like wrong to some people meaning you might use a corny or cheesy song as a take something from a Backstreet Boys song I have heard them and uh, yeah and put a little piece of that on top of drums from a DJ Shadow thing or yeah, anything really like there's there's no boundaries for when I'm trying to create music so a lot of people might um, might find that I don't know people are stingy sometimes with what they like people used to talk about mashups all the time I, I haven't heard the term mashup in a while yeah mashups were like that's how I like got into producing pretty much yeah for real right like yeah. that's how you got into it yeah and, and just it's sort of on some level you might not call it that but it kind of captures your aesthetic on some level i think so i mean i started playing covers when i started learning music and then i started doing mashups and then remixes and now i am a producer i guess but it all kind of goes back to that references um referencing other music that i like and mm -hmm. sampling and yeah so as a producer are you working with a lot of other artists and like like on one-on-one -on -one basis or it's mostly just emailing stuff um it's more emailing but i i in the past couple of years have actually a lot more been in studios in person with people. Oh, okay. Cool. It's good, right? You're coming out of your shell. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Now, since you guys, uh, both of you, your profiles have risen, you've had some pretty remarkable opportunities. I mean, I think that's fair to say. What's the most absurd situation you've found yourselves in as musicians? Start with Ryan. For me, uh, being on this, uh, festival thing called Holy ship, which is like a rave cruise ship that every every single EDM star is on headlining. Huh. And for some reason I was on it. When? And um, about a year ago, it's like a three, actually no, I was there for like three or four nights, but uh, it's like literally Skrillex, Diplo, A-Track, Tiesto, you're like roomies with them. On so, a boat? Yeah, trapped on a boat with like, and them and like raver kids with furry boots and candy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's really, <laughs> pretty fucked up okay but for me it was like um yeah it was like three days of just like being with tiesto like yeah was he a good guy <laughs> yeah he's really nice actually yeah he's probably on a, like, he was a on lot this of expensive podcast. drugs but tiesto oh he was on this podcast and i was i, I knew not very little about him but he's super nice i think he's like in a pretty good place so he can just 
be, yeah, yeah, the most like chill person ever. He was making fun of Daft Punk a lot when he was on my show. Because like, Get Lucky had just come out and he was like, no one really likes Get Lucky. That was his whole argument. It's just like hipsters saying they like it. But if, <laughs> if, if you actually talk to them, they're like, I don't know why I like the song. So he, I don't think he's in that good a place. He's mad at Daft Punk. Yeah, that's probably what he wanted. I mean, uh, so to answer your question, the moment for me was probably like the last night, I think 4 a.m., everything was closing down. And then uh, me and Diplo did like a back-to-back -back oh. set for like 15 people, like the last survivors of the weekend. <laughs> 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 that was really weird. Um, so was it beyond the fact that you were on a ship and people had furry boots and candy? Was it just weird for you to be in the company of these global superstars? Yeah, I mean, it, it, every weird situation that I've been like that is like, I'm just, I feel like I'm... Uh, observing it more than I'm actually there I'm just like this is ridiculous how did this happen <laughs> like I don't think I should be in that position but it's also amazing to it sounds like you have a really level it. level head about it though I guess so my brothers beat me up a lot when I was young so I, <laughs> I think that helps okay with character interesting uh, interesting way of dealing with stuff just get beat up that's that's a way of dealing with it. Um, okay, so you guys, I heard you muttering about this question a little bit. Like you really have no clue. I mean, like, yeah, that was incredible. Like, that is pretty great. But you were playing with Raekwon and Ghostface. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty crazy too. I just think that I don't know, like, absurd. Absurd is kind of is like I don't know. I mean, I I mean, I guess like last night was probably most one of the surreal things. I wouldn't say like. It wasn't like weird on that level. You, it was just those amazing. Guys are, like I don't know. Those are people you look up to. Like, do you look up to the people that you were on the cruise ship with? Um, a few. <laughs> I think the like EDM world and all those people are really. Uh, they're like characters. They're like it's it's just funny to be around these people. Like we look at them as like TV stars more than musicians sometimes. So that's why it's really strange to me did you ever because i know you're not big on anonymity like you want to put yourself out there did you ever consider having a moniker um sort of i i had like a few like stupid little uh things but it no i i once i realized like the people like the whole package nowadays as an artist like as they're saying like when you can control your whole presence online and what you see at shows um that's really exciting like to take advantage of being able to be in complete control of who you are as an artist or whatever so yeah i'd like to take advantage of that yeah um so what i was going for there is you guys maybe wasn't so weird last night because you look up to the ghost and ray you've worked with them before have you worked with ray before i uh, never that was the first time we met him oh. yeah he was really he chill was super nice right yeah. poured us a shot <laughs> we did a shot in the scene i think we all got like extreme chills and we're almost like blacked out of like excitement yeah, so <laughs> I don't I don't really get starstruck anymore but I saw them in the lobby and I freaked out <laughs> and I was just like go I went up and talked to them and was just babbling about my shirt it's like I was like ghost I brought my t-shirt with me and I was like why am I saying this like I'm a grown man <laughs> I wasn't even wearing the t-shirt he was like what I'm like it's upstairs in the hotel room I gotta go it was really weird <laughs> I just freaked out because they're ghost and Ray and Wu-Tang mean the world to me so I can understand why you would, you know, last night must have been weird, but it's still kind of in your wheelhouse. It wasn't like 
him dealing with a bunch of like celebrities essentially on, a, on, a, on some level those guys are not really celebrities they're artists not to downplay the people that you like but uh <laughs> I, think actually, I think i thought of one thing that might be kind of yeah right, cool. no, there you go um, good just couple, took time i guess it was like three weeks ago we got asked to play this like really small like oh, dinner man. thing in in uh in new york and uh and like you know okay so basically the whole premise was we were playing this like fashion thing and we're supposed to do a couple songs with slick rick oh wow and uh is he still in America? I thought he got deported. So yeah, this is a part of the story, I guess. Um, oh, sorry. So, uh, so we just learned a bunch of songs, and it's kind of literally the same situation as last night. I was just like, okay, we're, we're gonna assume he's gonna show up. Maybe we'll ask him what songs to do, or what we'll have a little bit of communication. Uh, in this situation, we played like a like lounge set, so no one really was listening. And then, and then, uh, then we then he showed up, <laughs> walked in the bar. As we were playing, we played a song, and then he almost left, and then someone was like, come on, Rick, do one more. And then we did another song, and then he left. As we were still playing. He just left in the middle of the... I like, give him props, like, as we were playing, and then just keep playing. It wasn't like there was a stage. It was, like, maybe, like, a room smaller than this room. Maybe maybe the same size. I don't know. And, like, we were right next to the door. So he was, like, like as if he was to open the door, go on that microphone, and then literally walk out the door <laughs> while we were still playing a song of his. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, afterwards, we were, like, did, we, like, did that happen? Did we just, like, do it? Like, was he there? Like, I didn't remember. So you have no sense of if he liked it or anything. He's just <laughs> we gone. We didn't even, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't hear his, a, vo- a word of his voice that wasn't through the microphone. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's pretty um, cool. And it was cool because, like, you know, a lot of people were saying they didn't even know he lived in New York and that kind of stuff. I so. thought he got deported it to was, England. Like, oh, yeah. Crazy All platinum. It was probably, it was probably Doom, yeah. actually, <laughs> dressed as Slick Rick. Um, you both have uh, records coming out. Um, I want to ask uh, about them. Ryan Alone, for the first time, is out November 4th? Yeah. Can you tell people who haven't heard it uh, anything about it? Um, yeah, Can it's... You tell people who haven't heard it anything about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I will do that. It's uh, seven tracks, um, mostly uh, five with features, uh, people singing on it, and two instrumental. And it was kind of created over the past six, eight months um, on the road pretty much entirely, um, trying to get a bit more back to, like, where I started initially with music, like... Um, Blink-22, Boxcar Racer, brand new. That's like all of, that's <laughs> all of Angels and Airwaves of, really? all I've been <laughs> listening to in the past. Uh, you feel like that's all in there? For real? I think so. I, in, are yeah. you doing a lot of, you mentioned there's five tracks with features, but are you doing a lot of singing on it? No, there's okay. like pieces like where I'm singing, but very like minus 24 db and <laughs> yeah like and I, I i could i thought i heard uh, a voice of that might be yours on it um yeah very maybe. faintly <laughs> yeah i've done that on like all my projects a bit but it's always because like initially i'm like i'm gonna sing on this and then i sing and i'm like holy shit this sucks and then <laughs> and then i, I think just this guy can corroborate yeah. that it may not sound that great when you sing um yeah it's it's also just like uh realizing what you're good at and sometimes people can't really like divide like separate yourself from those things so part of it i've embraced like finding artists that i like and then figuring out whose voice would like emotionally express exactly what i would like to do with my own voice but in a better way can you talk about the people that are on it yeah um the it's just 
it's not huge names, but uh, Don Golden from LA, this kid Lontalius from New Zealand, um, this kid Alex G, who's doing a lot of amazing stuff with uh, his band. It's like new, like shoegazy garage rock kind of stuff. Like it's kind of more uh, getting into that world um just of i guess indie and rock and stuff like that hmm. which i've always cared about but in my music i've embraced more rap and r&b side of things so just trying to i guess also from playing a lot of like holy ship type things and being, <laughs> being a little tired of that so you want to do a shift yeah a little is, bit. is uh and I, I don't know if this makes any sense is caribou someone you whose work you admire caribou had this transition too i think yeah, where yeah, he was sure. kind of known as this instrumental music mm -hmm. guy, and then gradually it became more song oriented. Like he was, he maintained, I think, his aesthetic, but also added this new level where he's basically yeah. writing pop songs. Yeah, I look up to him, and and the way James Blake made that transition as well, and um, I think that's really great when people can successfully do that. Um, that's something I'm slowly figuring out as well. But a lot of times, it's also like once a producer or dj like starts playing guitar on stage or something it's not like a <laughs> recipe for success <laughs> so trying to uh very carefully approach that is there any significance to the fact that you named the record alone for the first time that you have you know these five features and you're working with other people yeah a little i mean play on words so play on words a little, a little bit but uh <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah that's what i've always done with my titles and stuff but um for this one it's just uh yeah, kind of the combination of literally working on it alone at airports and hotels and stuff like that. And also for the first time, really trying to rely on other people to contribute to the songs and stuff. So. Did you write the lyrics? Uh, not for, just for like one of the tracks, but everything else was written by the The singer. other people wrote the stuff? Yeah, okay. we just like discuss a concept and agree on... A, a sad feeling and then go with it or whatever <laughs> an emo feeling yes an emo feeling all those us. feels what's the one song you wrote um surrounded surrounded yeah can you tell me anything about this song or uh can you yeah. sing the recite all the lyrics right now on the spot this is literally my nightmare <laughs> 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 no no i don't want to hear that i lyrics. think bad have a new album coming out yeah you want to switch gears <laughs> yeah. i'm just curious what surrounded might be about <laughs> Um, all the tracks are a bit about kind of, uh, like the I guess the position I'm in is like a really cool one, but it's also you're, uh, constantly away and meeting new people mm -hmm. and then not seeing them again for whatever. So it's kind of channeling that feeling a little bit and it's a lot of traveling and staring out windows being a little emo boy. So... <laughs> That's what it's about. If you're into that, buy my album. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people will buy the record. Um, uh, and okay, so bad, bad, not good. We'll move on to you guys. Sour Soul is the next thing. Is that right? We February fourth. I, th I think, I think it's like February sixth or second. Ghost is it fourth? Ghost okay. said fourth last night. Yeah, but I don't know if Ghost would know the. I think Ghost knows exactly what's going on at all the times. <laughs> was the sixth okay maybe i don't know okay it's february yeah. though yeah february, you got the month february. right yeah okay and uh can you tell us everyone's really excited i mean uh, about this thing i uh when the press release came out we were like whoa what the hell uh, how long has this been uh in the hopper 
Is that a thing? Can uh, it, do you know what I mean? When yeah. You say the well, hopper? first of all, do you check? Is it what day is it? It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah, it'd probably be the third. third. Yeah. Third. Okay. Um, because people release music on Tuesdays. I don't know why that's a thing, but yeah. Except in Europe when it's Mondays. Ask our manager. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Woo Wednesdays. Anyway, uh, Hopper. What? What can you tell? <laughs> what can you tell us about this record and and uh, its gestation? It's taken almost three years to make. Uh, three years. Somehow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hip hop time. I guess so. <laughs> Ryan says hip hop time. Yeah, basically, like we met Frank Dukes, the guy we share a studio with now, who like like helped us produce the last record we did. Uh, I guess like three years ago, and then. He was like, oh, like I want to do this like Wu-Tang album, but like with a live band. This is actually before the Adrian Young record, funny enough. And then that record came out and then kind of while we were working on this one. And then it, for a few different reasons, that kind of put the slowdown on the one we were working on. Because it's like we did the tape at like Manahan Street Band Studio. So it was almost like a similar kind of vibe. And then, yeah, so we basically were working on it. And then just a whole bunch of stuff happened. We don't need to go into the details, but like it was just a really slow process from the time you the record. You don't have to explain. We was, were all at the show last night. Yeah. We know what happens. Yeah. It takes a while. And like, you know, like songs were like kind of in this weird demo form for a long time. Like the song we did with Danny Brown, we had like literally him rapping on an iPhone, like as like the verse, like for a year and a half. And then when Chester Dukes and well, like when we all did, like when we did the beat for old on his last album, yeah. part like the exchange was that he would rewrap that verse because he never got around to like giving us a proper one. And we finally got the verse and we're like, okay, we got to put this out now. And then that's how that song happened. So everything's been kind of like a story like that. Oh, okay, it's been okay. like almost finished. And then we kind of had to wait a while to kind of get the last component. And now it's done. Yeah. And a couple of the songs have changed a lot, like in terms of like re. Yeah. Re yeah. But did you. Okay. But you had the vocals already. You guys just redid the bed tracks basically yeah, yeah. okay yeah. and some some yeah some he we got more ver like new verses and stuff like that cool so. and so who else is on it you, you mentioned danny brown it's <laughs> it's called a, it's a bad bad not good in Ghostface, but who else is on it um elzai danny brown tree. this rapper from chicago tree uh can we say all the yeah, features i guess yeah uh, okay. <laughs> no. okay well there's there's one that's gonna blow your mind <laughs> this like, is like the, they can't like the say Gwen the djs Stephon i mean it's not vague but Oh, the features are not yet. Okay, so yeah. we can't talk about the features. All right. So we got Elzai. Yeah. yeah. That's it. All right, cool. This is great news. I, and you guys are excited about this record. Mm -hmm. Potentially touring with Ghost if he shows After up? After last night, he seems to have he had a great idea about how he wants us to just play songs like he's watching TV and changing the channels. So <laughs> so that tour is going to be real cool. <laughs> is that a compliment or not? Oh, no. Maybe. I mean, it sounds kind of fun. Imagine just him because he wants a couch on stage at every show now and a TV. And oh, then he's that like, was Yo, so I can be like listening to TV, but you can like play songs as I change the channel. Oh, nice! It's a weird, lazy man concept that he's got. <laughs> That's interesting. All right, well, uh, for more information about these two bands, you can go to badbadnotgood.com or ryanhemsworth.com, right? Sure. Sure, he says sure. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, before we end this, are there songs from either of your recent records or new record in your case, Ryan, that we can play? You can play "Snow in Newark." It's the first single from my next album okay um snow in newark yeah okay is, is that cool yeah fine <laughs> you can do whatever you want that's fine is there anything you want to say about it, it um that's the track that features don golden uh, it's, uh i'm really happy with that one and i was trying to like really harness that energy of wanting to like make a you know radio department band mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like that kind of music which is like my favorite so um yeah just uh 
enjoy. Okay. <laughs> and uh, Bad Bad, not good. Is there something we can play from uh, three? Chester's got a solo album coming out, and the first title uh, single is called Based. Just Based. Yeah, the album's called Basology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Velvet? Yeah. What? What happened there? You, you, you made up a <laughs> fake record, and then you just That's downplayed a real record, it? Yeah. The double live, double live, all bass. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Two video? Two LP, eighty, one eighty gram. Have you yeah. seen the video of um? So I, you know, you guys follow this Kobe Bryant thing where ESPN wrote a bad thing about Kobe Bryant. You guys like sports? I heard about it. Well, there's a thing anyway that this they wrote this hatchet piece on Kobe, and then when I was reading an article about it, Flea came out. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers nice. came out to defend. Kobe and then they YouTube they put a link at the bottom and it's just Flea playing the Star Spangled Banner at a Lakers game on the base it's amazing I don't know why I brought this up just now but it made me think of you well, shout out to Flea you actually tweeted about our band one time so Flea likes was, your band that was a really crazy moment that's random yeah maybe he didn't put the at symbol so he doesn't follow us and he doesn't know that we're on the internet and we can't talk to him <laughs> <laughs> anyway shouts out to Flea so we're gonna play Velvet, Velvet. Yeah. okay sounds good so how about a hand like for Bad Bad Not Good and Ryan Hemsworth. Shadow 
If you enjoy the Creative Control podcast and want to support it with a monthly pledge, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash creative control with two k's. You can pledge $1 a month or $4, $8, $30, $50, $100 a month, whatever you want. There are gifts and incentives to pledge, but more than anything, you can keep the show going. There's no other revenue stream for this podcast. I've been doing it for my own fulfillment and to contribute something to the culture. But I think it's time to see if I can generate some kind of salary from all of this work. So, if you appreciate Creative Control, again... Please consider pledging a monthly amount. All of the info you need is at patreon.com slash creative control. Thank you. Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.